0: Thank you Jesus Thank you Jesus Well I believe something's moving And something's changing I believe God's Calling this church To to come up higher You know That's where we're headed One day we're going to be caught up We're all headed toward that day Where he catches the church away But he'll just catch them away He's going to catch them up We're going to be caught up In the air but right now, we're going to be sitting in heavenly places. I believe God's calling the church higher. It's funny how we can go higher but deeper. You know, but that, that, why is it only if you go down you go deeper? With the, with the church, the higher you go, the deeper you go. Because the spirit searches the deep things. And it's going to be the spirit that lifts us up. So as far as I'm concerned, the higher we go, the deeper we ought to go. And I think the church needs to continue to grow, to go deeper and be what God has called them to be. We cannot stay at that first altar of repentance our entire life. We must move away from some things. We must grow from from milk to meat. But there are some things you never leave, and that's Jesus. We don't leave what got us here. It's always amazing to me that to see people walk away from apostolic truth. I don't get it. And, and what's even more disturbing is to watch them walk away from apostolic truth and then go into another doctrine that's not even truth i not trying to be ugly to nobody. It's just amazing to me that what saved you and washed you and filled you couldn't hold your attention long enough to get you all the way to heaven. Oh, my. Well, sometimes you just got to take the lid off that strong medicine, take a swallow of it. I don't want to let go of what saved me. Jesus called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. I'm not leaving him. Let me, let me read. Let me get to my lesson today. Thank you again for being with us this morning. I desire your prayers as I preach today. Until the angel, this is Revelation chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. And to the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he, that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne and hast patient, or patience, and for my name's sake hast labored and have not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. I want to preach for a few moments today on this thought, faithful to my first love. Would you pray with us right now, wherever you are, and stretch your hands and pray for your pastor this morning as he preaches. Precious Lord, we do love you today. You are our first love. and God, I pray today that you'll search our hearts with the light of your word today. Lord, examine us, Lord, in this place and show us where we need more of you. Today, Lord, bless this word and let it find good ground in your people so we can grow, be changed, and most of all, be ready to meet you when you come again. We ask this in Jesus' name and everyone said, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Is he your first love this morning? Hallelujah. Do you love him? Do you love the Lord today? Praise God, wherever you are today and here present, you can be seated. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. I have worked on this and, and studied this and just rolled this around this week. Uh, as we head into uh, or head back into our churches and, and things, I know that uh, since at least since March 15th for us, we have done things differently than we had done in 13 years. We were having church online and doing things, and it was fine for what we were doing. And I was thankful that we had the ability to do it, and it kept and helped keep our people connected. But I do believe that that season is drawing to an end. And I feel like the church is coming back together again. And I believe that it's right for the church to come back together again. What I do worry about is that did this time of pandemic remove me from my first love? When I read what he said here to the church in Ephesus, uh, there can be nothing better than to get a pat on the back and a well done from the Lord. He said, I know your works and your labor and your patience you cannot bear them which are evil. You have tried them which say their apostles are not found in liars. You have borne, you have had patience, and for my name's sake you have labored and you have not fainted. You are still working, you have not fainted. But then in verse number four, just as he did with that rich young ruler, he let us know there was one thing we lack or that these people were lacking. I have somewhat against you because you have left your first love. And what I realize here is that while we do believe that faith and works must be together, that I do believe in working for the Lord. I do believe we are workers together with him. I do believe in putting my hand to the plow and not looking back. I believe if a man will not work, neither shall he eat. And I do believe that we should work for the kingdom of the Lord. I do believe that our labor uh, will not be in vain in the Lord. But my works will not be a factor. No matter even if I am still doing them, they will not be a factor if I have left my first love. If I have left my first love, there is no purpose behind what I am doing. It is empty works. If I am not doing it to glorify the Lord. If I'm not doing it to fill up the kingdom with souls, if I am doing it for my own pleasure, if I'm doing it for my own name, for my own ego, for my own pride, if I'm doing it for the hand claps of men, if I am still in the middle of it, my works are empty because I have left my first love. All that we have done or are doing will be in vain if we are not doing it for Christ, our first love. And you can deceive yourself with works. But let me tell you something. That works will never take the place of worship. And true worshipers, Jesus said this in in John chapter 4. He said, there is a time coming when the true worshipers shall worship God in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. And before I was ever a worker, I was a worshiper. That means he was the all in all of my affection that I was loving him with all my heart, mind, soul and strength. Before I ever picked up a mic and preached a word, I wiped my tears and got up from an altar of repentance where I felt his mercy and his grace. Before I ever started preaching the gospel, I came out of the water buried in his name where the blood was applied and washed all my sins away. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you today that I cannot leave my first love. Can't leave. I've got to be faithful to my first love. We can get so busy building a kingdom. Sometimes we can even start out being busy building for the kingdom of God, but the building plan changes somewhere midstream because we eliminate the wise master builder and we try to fill his shoes. And it's all about what we can gather and what we can gain and how we can grow numbers and physical things and and there's nothing wrong with having the best in our churches being the best that's not what I'm uh, I'm not preaching against that what I'm saying is that uh, I would rather preach in a brush arbor and win souls for the kingdom than just preach in an air conditioned room and nobody be changed and the reason they had Great revivals sometimes in those tents and those brush arbors and out in the middle of fields and, and all these places is because it wasn't about where they were. It was about who they were with and about who they were preaching. And they were preaching, and like Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He didn't leave his first love. It wasn't just searching out the best kingdoms and palaces and synagogues to preach in, but where, just wherever you could find somebody to tell them about Jesus. You know, we see this a lot of times in, in missions in third world countries. They're, they preach in huts still and uh, they, they, they preach out in fields still and they just, or they get in a stadium and, and, they, and there's no air conditioning and there's thousands and thousands of people and, and we see hundreds of thousands receiving the Holy Ghost and, and it's because these people are seeking their love, their first love. And I, I read this, and I, I see that wow, that's a lot of great things. It's good that we. You well, know, I don't like them, I don't like that evil people. I don't like people saying they're really apostles and they're apostles there, and we found out they're liars. And we're we're born, and we've had patience, and and we're we're laboring, and we have not fainted in this work we're doing. But where's the Lord in it? Where's Jesus in it? Oh, I'm going to change the world with this. It won't change. Nothing if Jesus is not in it. Well, it, it. It might do some temporary things. You might, oh, I'm going to do this and pa- get a law passed. And I'm going to do this and get a, a law enacted. And I'm going to do this and, and it's going to be a, a new uh, corporation and a new committee. And it's going to help people do this and do that. And it's good to have helps in this world. But I want to see people saved yeah. and going to heaven. Yeah. And I want to stay saved and on my way to heaven. Well, if you do all those things, pastor, that's where you'll be. Ah, Because Jesus said there'd be some that said, Lord, didn't we do many mighty works in your name? The name above every name. The only name whereby people can be saved. And he will look them in the face and say, I Never knew you. You called on my name, but you never invited me to the service. You wrote books in my name, but you never asked my input. Oh, you did this and that and you marketed my name and you used it as an attraction, and you used it to get people to come, and you used it for a bigger building, and you used it for a jet airplane, and you used it for stadiums, and you used it for this, that, and the other, but you never invited me. It's going to happen. I must be faithful to my first love. Jesus said that the first and greatest commandment is this in Matthew 22. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. It's only love if these three are in sync. You cannot contract out your heart and say, I'll just love him with all my mind. And with all my soul. It can't just be, well, I got him in my mind. I know what I think about God. There's a song we used to listen to back in the 90s. I believe it was Brian Duncan said, I got to get him into my heart and out of my head. I got to have him in my mind. I need all my thoughts to be brought in, my imaginations to be brought into captivity. I need Christ. I need to love him with all my mind. I need to love him with all my soul. I need to love him with all my heart. It's got to be all three. I can't contract out my mind to the world but then say I love Jesus with all my heart and soul because that's what people do. Oh, I got him in my heart. He lives in my heart. And my soul's going to be saved forever. But what about your mind? What are you thinking about? What's going on? Here's what Jesus said When he quoted Isaiah, he said, this people, his people, he was talking about his people, this people, oh, they draw nigh unto me with their mouth, and they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And let me tell you this today, and you you can write this down. This is, and if somebody else has ever said it, I never heard it. This is what the Lord gave me. You can say what's on your mind, but you will live what's in your heart. I'm just going to speak my mind. That's the problem. You can say what's on your mind. You can speak your mind. You can give people a piece of your mind. And that's the problem. We've been giving away our mind to things that we shouldn't be giving it away to. And it's affected our heart. And that's what happened with these people. Oh, they honor me with their lips. You can say stuff that's in your mind. And they honored him with their lips, but their heart was far from them. Let me tell you, Jesus is after that heart. That's where your love is at. That's where that love comes from. You got to love him with all your heart, with all your mind. And hey, here's the thing. Maybe he said heart first for a reason. Because out of the heart are the issues of life. And we are warned and encouraged. Keep your heart with all diligence. Because as a man thinketh in his heart... If you got it right in your heart, then your mind will follow. But if it's only in your mind, then you're only honoring with your lips. But you'll never live the life that Jesus wanted you to live. And there's so many people today that across their lips, oh, I love him. Oh, I serve him. Really? But your life will tell the tale. I can say what's on my mind all day long, but it will be what's in my heart that I live. And if I love him like I say I do, there is a test to prove it. Jesus said, here you go. Uh, Well, we know this. He said, if the world's going to know you're my disciples, they're going to know it by the love you have one to another. But here's how I know you love me. If you keep my commandments. John 14 and 15, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Don't just talk about me. Don't just post about me. Don't just print me on a t-shirt. Don't just put me on your bumper sticker. Come on. Don't just, don't just sing about me. Uh-uh. Don't even just preach about me. If you love me, keep my commandments. Follow my word. If we love, the scripture says that we must love not in word only, but in deed. It's not enough for me to simply say, I love you, Lord. I must pick up my cross and follow him daily. I must follow him and love him and serve him and obey the word of God. I do not want him to say, I know you started a church. And I know you baptized a lot of people. And I know y'all had a great campus ministry. And I know that people were from other places that are getting baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. You did all these things, but somewhere along the way, Pastor, you left your first love. You started counting up all the good things you had done and you forgot to simply pray or talk to me or search me. You, you figure, well, I've, I've been riding this bike long enough. I know how to do it. And you left me out of church. We must be so careful that once we have been born again, and, and once we get a little bit of knowledge and a little bit of revelation, that we start thinking, I can do this on my own. I, I don't need pastor anymore. When you start thinking you don't need ministry, you're moving away from your first love because God gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers for the perfecting of the saints that they could all come into the unity of the faith. Woo! There's so many things, if we're not careful, will move us away from our first love. I see people taking Shots at the body today. Body shots. Oh, the church is failing in this, and the church is failing in that. But let me tell you something. I love the church because the church is the body of Christ. I love his people And let me tell you, I still believe in the church because he said, I'm building the church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And if the gates won't prevail against it, neither will the pandemic. Hello. If the gates won't prevail against it, neither will the government, neither will the world. You can't say you love him if you don't love his church. And sometimes you might not agree with what they're doing, but hey, you don't always agree with what he's doing, but you don't speak against him. Then you better take your mouth and your opinions off of the church. I want to be faithful to my first love. And let me tell you, when I came into the church, and you know it's true, whoever you are anywhere, if you're listening to me today, when you came into the church, they wrapped their arms around you, they prayed with you in the altar, they counseled you, they were there for you, they married you, they buried your dead, they dedicated your children, everything you ever done, it happened in the middle of that church. Don't go talking against the church. Keep your mouth off of God's people. You might not agree with it. That's all right. You might not agree with your organization that you're part of. That's all right. But you ain't got to run them down and take shots at them. Just leave it alone and follow him. Well, I got a right to my opinion. You know what? The one who started this book speaking, when it was time for him to do his greatest work, spoke not a word. Our Bible starts out with him speaking, the only word of God we got in the very beginning God said, God said, God said, and when it was he was false accused and ridiculed and mocked and all lied on and all kinds of things were happening, he spoke not a word. He could have, but he didn't because it wouldn't accomplish anything it would only Hinder the work he was there to do. We've got to stop talking against our first love and we've got to make sure that we are keeping his commandments. When we speak our mind, we hear ourselves and then we convince ourselves, but then we deceive ourselves. We must not leave our first love. Jesus said in Matthew 6 and 21, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. We talk about that parable of the field and man finds a treasure in that field and he sells everything so he can buy that field because he said this treasure is worth it all. It's kind of like Paul saying, I got rid of all things that were gained for me. I counted all lost that I might win Christ. Ain't nothing. I ain't holding on to nothing that'll keep me from having him. May I ask me, ask us all the question today, is Jesus still where your treasure is? Is that still where your treasure's at? Is it still why, why do you follow him and why do you serve him? Is it because you love him? Or is it for the fish and the loaves? Is Do you love him and do you serve him and follow him just because of what he can give you, or is it just simply because I love you? We always say his love's enough for me, but do we mean that? As long as I know Jesus loves me, I'm okay. But do we? Is that just coming out of our mind, or is that coming out of our heart? I don't want to leave my first love. He said, if you you find yourself like that, he said, you need to remember where you fell from. The Bible says, though a good man fall, sometimes the very best of us, we can let things creep in and lure us away from our first love, and that puts us in a fallen state according to what Jesus just said. Remember from where you are fallen You were here. Now you're here. You got to get back to here. Repent and go back and do the first works. Go back. Even the writer in the scripture said, "Call to remembrance the former days after you were illuminated. How you endured a great fight of afflictions. You just well, nothing. It didn't matter what you were going through because you had Him. It was all about Him. Oh." To just get back to that simplicity there. That if I have him, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. If I just have him. If I'm with him, I'm going to see things happen. If I'm with him, things are going to work out. As long as I'm with him. So repent and do the first works. He said, well, I'm coming quickly. The Bible says he's coming quickly to gather a church. And I'm, I want to see that. But I don't want him to show up quickly and take my candlestick. I don't want him to. He said, we're the light of the world. A candle. That's lit. You don't put it under a bush. I, I, we're the light of the world. You put it on a candlestick and so everybody can see it. People should see that he's your first love. If all they can see, you say, well they can see all the. are they seeing the good works you're doing to lift you up, or are they seeing the good works that you're doing because you love him and then glorifying your Father? I want them to see Him. My life is hid in Him, or it is supposed to be. The life that I now live in the flesh, Paul said, I live it by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I, I never lose focus of what it costs to get me to where I am. I don't want to lose sight that it was his blood that bought me, that it was his sacrifice on that cross that saved me. And I don't want to forget that the only reason I'm here today is because of the grace of Jesus. And I don't want to get so busy building a kingdom here of my own hands and and deceiving myself thinking I have built this for the Lord when he was never even a part of it. I want to stay with him. I want to stick with him. I don't want to leave my first love. I don't want him to put out my light. The only reason I can see for him removing my candlestick is because it's illuminating me, not him. I've seen, you know, I've seen marriages that in the beginning there were two people that all oh, they were so in love. Loved each other so much. You complete me. You're my everything. You're the peanut butter to my jelly. That's it. We just. But then, over years, they just become two people living in the same house. And they're married on paper only. Because they forgot what started it all. The love they had for each other. And and sometimes it's things that are not necessarily bad, but you know, careers. Hey, you got to make money, you got to have a job. But you get two people that got, get a career and they're both workaholics and they're working 70 hours a week and they're just passing each other in the hallway, waving at each other as you pull out the driveway. That can't last. Because I got to be focused on work, I got to make it, I got to get that promotion, I got to be a partner, I got to do what I got to do. And suddenly you've forgotten who you're supposed to be living with. Hobbies. When you get married and you got hobbies, that's okay. But them hobbies are going to have to go in the closet for a while. You can't say, well, I'm married now. I'm going to go. You know, people, they, be, they love to run. Why? I'm running another 5K this weekend. I'm running another 10K this weekend. I, uh, every weekend I'm running. Hey, can we go do something Saturday? Well, I would, but I'm running again. What is that? That's not marriage. Well, I, I play ball on the weekends. You knew that when we got married. Yeah. I did a lot of things before I got married to him. But I didn't carry him with me. I had to leave him behind. Got to lay it aside. Got to lay aside that weight and sin. Come on. I uh, praise God. You can't forget about your first love. You stay gone every weekend with your hobby. Loneliness is gonna set in and somebody's gonna be looking for love in all the wrong places. And then you're gonna end up uh, filing papers. Paul said in Ephesians that Christ and his church are the image of a husband and wife. When we when we look at that, he's teaching about the husband and wife and their duties, and he said, This is the exact way that Christ loves his church. So we can't forget about our first love. Christ Jesus, the Lord, we cannot forget who He is to us. We've got to hold on to him. Paul warned the church that this was things like this could come in, and and I know that uh, in this context when he was writing the church, he was trying to warn them about a specific thing, but the principle there is for any part of our life with God. The church, in Colossians chapter two. Verses 8 through 10, he said, Beware, lest any man spoil you. I don't want to be spoiled. Spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ, your first love. For in him, in your First love dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in Him, your first love, which is the head of all principality and power. And I, I, I kind of made an emphasis on the word spoil because that's what it's about. I don't want to be spoiled by man, humanity, humanism, flesh and blood, philosophy, vain deceit, tradition, elements, or rudiments of this world. That word spoil means this to lead away. And so Paul's saying, beware lest any man lead you away from Christ. He said, oh, nobody will ever lead me away from Christ. But if he's no longer in your heart and he's only in your head, that is exactly what has happened. Because if he's in your heart, you will do his commandments and live for him and obey him. But if he's only in your mind, you'll talk about him. When he's only in your mind, you put a distinction between him and his church, and now you can talk about one but say you love the other. It don't work. I don't want to be led away. It also means you read in the scripture where Israel, where they would defeat an army, and then they would go back in the camp and it says they they were, you know, one place they were three days gathering the spoil. They're taking all the shields, all the swords, all the animals, all the gold, jewels, tents, whatever 's there. It's whatever was valuable to that enemy is now become theirs i don 't want what 's valuable to me. The Bible says for me to take the whole armor of god hey i don 't want the enemy spoiling my armor and taking my armor I don't want the enemy coming into my camp and taking what is mine what is so valuable to my work for the kingdom I don't want to be led away I don't want to be spoiled it also means to seduce beware lest any man seduce you oh it happens because people get enamored awestruck by people's celebrity status or their political affiliation, or their educational status, or whatever news channel they report for. And, and people just, they, 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 they set their anchor right there in those things of this world. For some, it's about science. Some of it is science falsely so-called, as the scripture said. People are so sure. Let me tell you, you can't turn the TV on or open up your social media without seeing a new graph. A new chart, a new statistic, a new prediction. Right. <laughs> You'll know, you know want to keep you from worrying about any of that stuff. Stay with your first love. Right. Yep. Right. Oh don't get me wrong. Don't but you, you can't let these things. Listen to what I'm saying now. Listen to me. You cannot let these things lead you away. Or spoil you, take what's valuable, or seduce you away from your first love. That's why he said, "Called remembrance of the former days." After you were illuminated, how you endured a great fight of afflictions. Because when you were just brand new to him, it didn't nothing matter. I got him. That's it. I trust him. He can crank my car. He can put gas in it. He can raise the dead. It didn't matter. You believed anything. You believed he would take care of you. And I didn't say, so, before anybody thinks that I did not say that we should bury our heads in the sand and act like nothing's going on, I said, don't be spoiled. You can pay attention to what's happening in the world without being led away by the world. You can pay attention to what's going on without being spoiled. You can pay attention without being seduced if you stay faithful to your first love. When you are faithful, it doesn't matter who's in the room. You know who you belong to. And when you belong to him and he belongs to you and you're still with your first love, it doesn't matter what's happening in this world. You're going to trust in him. In what time I'm afraid, I will trust in him. He's my first love. His rod and his staff, he comforts me. When he... when. Uh, David wrote that script, that psalm, and he said, The Lord is my shepherd. He was saying, I know my relationship with him. He's my shepherd. He's my first love. I know who he is. And he's going to lead me beside still waters, green pastures. He's going to uh, lead me through the valley of the shadow of death. He'll prepare a table in the presence of my enemies. Goodness and mercy is going to follow me all the days of my life. Hey, let me tell you, hey, I know that it's going to be good because I'm with my shepherd. And when you stay with your First love your shepherd. You won't get spoiled. You won't get led away. Jesus said, hey, my sheep know my voice. Another they will not hear. When you stay close to him, you ain't got to worry about being pulled away to somewhere else. Paul warned the church, don't be led away from Christ your first love. It is not the time to cast away your confidence in Him. I know that's what what is happening. Hey, I'm not foolish. I know what's happening in the world today is real, but it is absolutely no more real than the God I serve or His power. It is no more real than a fiery furnace. It is no more real than a den of lions. It is no more real than the issue of blood or leprosy. It is no more real than blinded eyes. It is no more real than the situation of having no food in the wilderness. It is no more real than the stormy seas that he calmed. It is no more real than the demon-possessed man he delivered. It is no more real than Lazarus dead for days. It is also no more real than the persecution of the saints in the book of Hebrews. But they wouldn't leave their first love. It said that Moses chose to suffer with the people of Christ. He chose to esteem the riches of Christ greater and would suffer with the people than choosing the treasures of Egypt. He, he, he chose Christ, he chose his first love. And you know, when you read about those, uh, those heroes of faith, it says that they were tortured, but they would not accept deliverance that they may obtain a better resurrection. No matter what they were doing to them, pulling them apart, feeding them the lions, just cutting them open, burning them at the stake, it said that there ain't nothing you can do to make me leave my first love. And the church endured that. The church survived that. It says these all died in faith. I know there are real facts. I know there are real events. And I know that there is real data. But if we are not very careful, it will and can lead us away from our first love, which is Christ. It can spoil us. We are not tempting God and trying to be foolish, but we will continue to trust Him. Now the world does not, listen, the world does not want you to trust God. That's why the number one mandate is to shut down. We did that because we wanted to, to help our community be a part of things and seem like we're, and we've done our part. We've obeyed what the governor said. We've obeyed what our bishop said. We've done things, and, and done, but times are changing. Something's moving. Something's changing. Things are about to start happening. The church is coming back together. The church is coming back together. And guess what? God's going to take care of it. God's going to take care of his people because you know what? Not only is He my first love, we're His. He loved us first. We love Him because He loved us first. We are the, the jewels that He's making up, man. We are the apple of His eye. We are His bride. And how have I got myself into a place where I would think that God would let His church just be destroyed and debilitated by a pandemic? Have I lost my confidence in Him? Don't faith shame people because they trust Him? Confidence in Christ is not lack of concern for the world. So be concerned. The world doesn't want you to trust God, it wants you to fall in with them, go along with their philosophy, with their vain deceit, with their tradition with the elements of the world it wants you to do those things. But listen, you can be concerned, just don't be consumed. Being consumed will lead to being convinced. And being convinced leads to conversion and conformity and slowly leads us away from our first love, our faith, our hope, our God, Christ Jesus. Martha and Mary in the same house for Jesus. And Martha is busy or consumed with serving. And Mary is at his feet. And you know what Martha was doing? Complaining. Jesus in the house. And as she passes by, she she's not even, you know finally she just I guess stops. I don't know, maybe she just talking as she's walking back and forth, not even giving him enough attention to even stop, complaining the one sitting at his feet is not doing what they should be doing. Make her get up and do what I'm doing. Oh, Martha, you're so worried about many, many, troubled about so many things. But Mary, Mary has found that good thing and it will not be taken from her. Martha was complaining, she was consumed and complaining. Mary was content and learning, learning about her Savior. Romans 12 and 2 said, "And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God." Don't be conformed to this world. Don't be led away, spoiled, seduced by this world. I understand that something's happening, but we know that we're in this world, but we're not of it. When did we start believing that God was not enough. I don't want to be conformed to this world. I don't want to be, you know, to be conformed. It's like being pressed into a mold. If you take a mold that's got a certain image, and once material is pressed into it, it becomes hard. And when you pull it out, it only looks like that mold. I prefer to stay on the potter's wheel where I can be molded I might be, have to be marred in his hand but I can be continually molded and shaped into the vessel he wants me to be because when, when you get pressed into a mold and you get hard, uh, hardness you're unable to change I don't want to be spoiled for the world the Bible says friendship with the world is enmity with God I am charged to love not the world and neither to love the things that are in the world. For all that is in the world, he says, is not of the Father. 2 Timothy 2 and 4 tells me that no man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. My first love called me to join his army be in the service of him. And he said, once you become a soldier for him, you don't get tangled up with the stuff in this life. Again, we don't bury our heads in the sand and act like nothing's going on. He said, don't get tangled in it. When you get tangled up in something, it hinders your walk. You ever got tangled up in something and and you fail? You've been walking through the Woods uh, going hunting and you get tangled up in some briars and fell flat on your face? Yeah, mm-hmm. it happens. When you get tangled up, there's no clear vision of what you see. You ever had somebody hand you a four or five electrical drop cords? You can't even tell how many they are. They've just been wrapped all the pieces. You know, they're intertwined, around. they're tangled up, and and it's it's almost... Easier to just go buy a new drop cord <laughs> because you can tell it takes time, or or, or you ever uh, had had your clothes get wrapped around that thing in the washing machine all tangled up, and you trying to pull them out, and you, you spend 15, 20 minutes trying to untangle your clothes without ripping them. When you get tangled and tangled up, you you can't tell one end from the other, you can't tell true from false. Well, it's true. You can't tell what it is anymore. And also, when you get tangled up with something, it ties you to it. You get tangled up in a fence, you're tied to it. You jump out of an airplane, your parachute gets tangled up on the back of the plane, you tie tied to the plane. It's a bad place to be. There's nothing good that happens from being tangled up and so he said don't get tangled up yeah. the world only wants to lead you away from Christ it wants to entangle you it wants to seduce you to follow man and ignore Christ It's done and this time of pandemic and things it it has done pretty fair job of that because here's some things the number one thing that I want to think, I love so much about Christ in this world is this is that the unity that comes in Christ. But I said this from the beginning, it won't be the number of deaths that this virus, the people it kills, that's going to be the tragedy. It's going to be the division that it puts among the church. Romans 12 and 5 says, So we, being many, are one body in Christ. But the world's trying to lead us away from Him. and If it leads us away from Him... And every one members one of another. Galatians three and twenty eight. It's not about Jews. It's not about Greeks. It's not about bond. It's not about free. It's not about male. It's not about female. He said, "For you are all one in Christ Jesus." The Lord spoke about His sheep in John ten and sixteen, and said they would be one fold, one fold. But Here's what's happened, is that the world is filling people's minds with all this stuff. Oh, it's science, it's real, it's on a chart, it's on a graph. Fox News said it, CNN said it, this one said it, that one said it, this, this uh, actor said it, this singer said it, this sports star said it. It's got to be true and it's causing people who are Holy Ghost filled and, and have loved one another to not even speak to one another again. It's pulling people away from their first love. Yeah. But Jesus told me that we have power over all the power of the enemy. Yeah. Now, that statement means he gave us more than just power over immorality. Because, right. see, we automatically apply it to drugs and alcohol, addiction, pornography, unfaithful you know, things like that. But, you know, one of the greatest power and tools of the enemy is division. He wants to separate you from God. That's what he did in the beginning. He wanted to get Adam and Eve away from God. Get them out of that garden. Get them away from fellowship with God and tell them anything. Lie to them. Just make them believe anything other than what God said. And that's what has happened in this world today. But we need to be encouraged because The Lord gave us power over all the power, even over this power of division. If we will repent and do the first works, love him, get back to our first love, and then love one another. Let brotherly love continue. Hello. Yeah. Love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah, if we'll start getting back to these things, if, if we would get kingdom-minded, we say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth. If we would just get kingdom-minded, uh, me, me and my brother were talking about this the other day, I said, you know, if people could just get kingdom-minded, the rest would fall in place. Whew. But when this world hit, gets hit with something, every four years, here comes division because it's election. Politics divide us. Hey, you know what happens? And then, and then, people are so ignorant because they stay away from the love of God and the love of Christ. And then we get uh, incidents of racism, things that happen, and and boom, we get divided again. And and it's those of us that are fighting so hard to stay unified, is but it's driving a wedge between people. And then here comes a pandemic, and everybody's got an opinion, everybody's got a chart, everybody's got a reason, and it's trying to divide us. And lead us away from our first love. All these things are real and in our world. Politics are real. Unfortunately, racism is real. And unfortunately, this pandemic is real. I should have said unfortunately politics are real. I don't like none of I don't like none of it. Because and people say, Well, you're just unconcerned. No, I'm not unconcerned, I'm just not consumed. I don't live my life like that. I love people, all people. I love Republicans. I love Democrats. I love liberals. Hey, you know what? I love everybody. I love drug addicts, alcoholics, homosexuals. I love them. I love people of every color. I love people of every country. I love people of every language. I love sick people. I love well people. I love people that wear masks. I love people that don't wear masks. I love people that are gathering. I love people that ain't gathering. I just love people. I'm not going to get consumed and change who I am and become some image of some lesser image of what God made me because of the world. I'm not going to get pushed into their mold. I'm not going to conform to the world and say, I've got to hate them because they don't look like me. Or I got to hate them because they're not doing what I'm doing. Or I got to hate them because they didn't vote for who I voted for. Ah! Shame on the church if we ever get away from our first love. Because when we get away from Him, that's exactly what happened. But the sad thing is, that's going to cost you more than relationships on this earth, it's going to cost you eternity. He's going to move your candlestick. He's going to remove it. I'm coming to my last page, I think. I'm I'm trying to finish, baby. Paul went on to say in Colossians 2 and 9, telling us that all the fullness of God that dwells in him bodily, he's God Almighty. He's the Savior of the world. He's the King of kings. He's Lord of lords. I'm going to stay with him. He purchased me. He loves me. He's my be- hey. My beginning was with Him. I'm gonna make sure my ending will be with Him. Yeah. I am not leaving my first love. And then He said in verse ten, "And we are complete in Him." Oh, you get outside of Him. You leave your first love. You are no longer complete. You may say, I got this and I got that, but you will still hear words echoing in your mind. One thing thou lackest, yeah. I have somewhat against you that's what you're going to keep hearing. I got this, I got that, I got all these things and we're doing all this, that's fine. But if he is not involved in it, you're still going to hear him say, nevertheless, we are human, but we are not only human. We have received power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon us. We are the light of the world, the salt of the earth, and we are created in his image. And now is not the time for us to walk away from him or cast away our confidence in him. Psalm twenty and seven said, some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. We can't say, well, I trust God, but that don't work. It's got to be, I trust God, period. I trust God, but... Well, then you really don't. Your mind's saying it, but your actions are not. We can't say, I trust God, and then act like we don't. I trust God, but... You can fill in the blank, whatever. It's I trust God, period. I trust him, period. Some trust in chariots, some in horses, some trust in, in science, some trust in medicine, some trust in government, some trust in celebrities, some trust in their own selves. But I am going to remember the name of the Lord my God. It's his good pleasure, it says, to give us the kingdom. Thank God. But guess what? Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. He wants to give it, but you'll never inherit it as long as you stay stuck in your humanity. Humanity, humanism, I can do it on my own without God, cannot inherit the kingdom of God. That's why we're born again of water and spirit so we can be changed in the moment, in a twinkling of an eye, to get our inheritance that is undefiled and fadeth not away. We've got to stop clinging to humanity and trusting it more than we do Christ. Peter got caught up in that and with the keys freshly in his possession, rebuked because he rebuked the Lord. Holding the keys to the kingdom. Get behind me, Satan. Well, you see these keys. I can't be Satan. I got the keys to the kingdom. Whenever I stop being your first love, you start telling me better. You can dangle them keys and rattle them all you want to. They won't profit you anything until you get on board with my plan. You savor the things that be of men. Pow, pow. Had to straighten him out, remind him who his first love was. Well, I got the keys now. I'm something. Well, I've been walking with him for a few years. I got the keys. Everybody heard that? Everybody heard when he said, get behind me, Satan, too. Yep. So let me tell you. You can get rebuked with the keys in your hand. Proverbs 21, 2 says this. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord ponders the heart. Yeah. Proverbs 14, 12 and sixteen twenty-five says, There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the ways end up in death. Psalm 39 and 5 says that man at his best state It's altogether vanity. And then he said, Selah. Pause and consider that for a moment. Whenever you start thinking, Oh, I'm all this. I'm all that. I got this. I'm building this. I'm doing this. Man, I'm so good. Man, at his best state is vanity. I don't care what you do without him, without your first love, it ain't nothing. It ain't nothing. It will fade away. Jesus said, Without me, you can do nothing. Without him, I can do nothing. He is more than just ten commandments. He's my life. So today, I want you to remember that we are in the world, but we are not of it. We are of Him. We're His. We're bought by His blood. He's made us of His blood. We belong to Him. We're baptized into one body by one spirit. We belong to Him. We are grafted in the vine. Let me tell you, We belong to Him. The Bible says, glorify Him in my body and in my spirit, which are His. Now, I am mindful of laws. I ain't talking about people being outlaws. I'm mindful of laws. I'm mindful of governments. And I'm mindful of the powers that be because that's His word. I pray for our leaders. I pray for our governments. But ultimately, because He is the head of of all principality and power, Ultimately, I trust him. My life is hid in him, and my life will be governed by the head of the body. I serve, I live for, and I obey Christ. Honey, you can come to the music. Paul said, in him we live, we move, and we have our being. We're nothing without him. He loved me, gave himself for me, never forsakes me, and he's coming back to get me one day. I'm not going to be led away from my first love. I'm not going to be seduced. The scripture said in the last days that evil men and seducers will wax worse. Some you can just tell they're flat out evil, but some of them are slick, got good words, good speech, and they seduce you. I'm not going to be led away and seduced and then become spoil or prize for this world. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. Stand with me. And this morning, I remember the song of Solomon 6 and 3. I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine. And that's the way it's going to stay. I love him because he first loved me. I am my beloved's my beloved is mine it's not just going to be listen he's going to love you for eternity he said I have loved you with an everlasting love there will never be a day that he don't love you I don't want there to be a day that I don't really love him but I say it all the time saying it ain't meaning it saying it ain't portraying it, saying it ain't walking in it. I want to do more than just say I love him. I want to follow his commandments, keep his commandments. So I don't know where you're at today at home. Maybe you can find a place you need to pray. Maybe you can examine yourself and just, it's not a rebuke. Man, God's, look how much the Lord loved that church. He could just let them go on in their, in their error. But he said, I'm not just going to scold you. I'm going to tell you about the good stuff you're doing, have done and are doing. But just so you know, I got somewhat against you. You've left your first love. And we got to correct that. Isn't God so wonderful to correct us when he sees us drifting, bring us back in line? When we start veering off to the left or right, that he gets us right back on that straight and narrow. I'd rather, hey, I would rather, the Bible says, who the Lord loves, He chastens. I would rather Him, uh, no chastening for the present time seems pleasant, I know. But I would rather Him correct me than for Him to just let me be lost. So I'm asking you today, wherever you are, those that are here, those that are at home, wherever you might be today, that you find a place to pray and examine yourself. And we're going to, when we close we're going to turn that off we're going to open our altars here for those to pray uh, for a few moments before we do anything else but i want us all to have time to respond to this word today and search ourselves so we're going to pray for those that are at home and dismiss the home crowd and then we're going to open the altars here so let's pray together for those at home precious lord i thank you for your word today and i thank you for lord being so mindful of your body of the church Lord, I want you to help us and help those that have heard this word today that we might examine ourselves and if we need to repent, God, and turn and get back to those first works, that we will do that. Lord, that we'll find ourselves back in the place where we trust you above everything. Thank you, God, again for your people. Thank you, Lord, for this word and bless us now to receive it. And We're going to praise you for it today. In Jesus' name. Thank you for tuning in with us. Those at home, you're dismissed in Jesus' name. We look forward to seeing you next time. God bless you. And for those that are here today, uh, would you come find a place to pray for for a few moments? Let's Let's don't let this word of the Lord go today. Let's check ourselves, examine ourselves today and make sure... Let's make sure we're right where we need to be. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't we just give the Lord a hand clap and just lift our voice for a moment? What a great God. So wonderful to be back in the house of the Lord today. And so good to see you, see everyone. If you just be seated for a few moments, we're going to, and thank you guys for your music and playing and, and doing. We're, we're not going to be here long for this. I just, I wanted us, uh, the ministry team, especially, and in, in, those that could be, there's some that are not in town and different things. So we understand that. And uh, and some are not, you know, I've said this before, and uh, that um, there are some that they're just not at the place where they're ready to come back yet. And that is perfectly fine. And we are not going to try to uh, embarrass them or shame them or, you know, ridicule them for what, they feel like they need to do to protect themselves, that is perfectly fine. And uh, we're going to pray for them, support them, and then when they're ready, we'll be so glad to see them when they come uh, back in to the house of the Lord. So um, our plans, and we hope if things go the way we we want this week, uh, then we are planning on having our first service uh, back after we begin to kind of the next couple of days, figure out how many people are going to be here, we may actually do two services next week just to kind of keep people where they can, for those that want to be able to keep distance and some that need to. They they want to and some need to. So we're going to do what we can to make sure we can accommodate that. We're going to uh, have, you know, our security detail is going to be, you know, kind of next few weeks going to be really uh, on uh, high alert, not because we've had any threats, but just because you know they burn a church down in Mississippi for gathering back together. And I don't know if we have anybody that's that zealous of doing something like that around here, but I would we're going to have them watching your, the cars and things in the parking lot, so we don't you know just don't want anybody vandalizing our stuff or doing things. We're going to take all kind of precautions to make sure that when we come back, we're not just protected from things like that, but that we are protected, you know, health wise. We're gonna make sure things are sanitized and wiped down, things like that. We're gonna have four exit points when we exit the church so we don't have to bunch up in the foyer. All the all four doors across the front right here will be opened so that people can go out of different places and we we're gonna do everything we can to a point, but uh we're not going to go overboard with it. We're gonna have so many restrictions that we can't in, enjoy service. Uh you know uh, there are some that will do different things, and 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 that's awesome because that's what they feel they need to do for their church, and that's that's fine. We're gonna, you know, we know who we have here and what needs we need to meet, and we're gonna do be very careful to meet those needs, and make sure that people are taken care of, and that people feel safe who want to come feel safe being here, and that's our main goal. So, but as ministry, you know, you'll be um, in the front lines and there's some things we'll need to be mindful of as people are coming in and uh altar services and things like that are going to be a big thing again. Uh if you see somebody you don't know or even if you see somebody you don't know but you don't know are they back to touching people? Don't just go up and grab them. We we want to make sure we uh, if they come up for prayer, do you want us to pray for you or do you want us to lay hands on you? It's up to them. I don't want to just go up and, and, you know, after I've been praying for five or six people and come up with a sweaty palm praying for somebody else. Yeah, because, because see, before before all this, we didn't think about it. We just had everybody's germs, and we just passed them all around. (laughs) Hugging, kissing, high-fiving, praying, I mean, crying on each other. So it is different. There are some things that we're going to have to make sure that we're you know, that we are paying attention to, and we are going to. I don't want people to think, uh, and if those of you that are here, you can be able to vouch. So if anybody says, well, I'm just afraid they're just jumping, uh-uh, no, we're not just jumping. We're, we're going back into church, and we're going to do things and and uh, have service, and, uh, you know, but we're not going to be so restricted that we can't even have service. And so... um. So I want uh, this week. I want to talk to ministry, especially this week, as we're getting ready. We re- we really need to be praying and fasting this week and seeking the Lord, and making sure that we are, you know, ready to be what we need to be for the people who are coming back, because it's going to be a, um, you know, I don't know how many visitors we will even have in our first few services back. I don't know how many people in the community are ready. To come back into a church, but we may have some, and I and again I know that we have some. Some of our elders have already told me, Pastor, we're not going to come back till probably the end of June. Perfectly fine, understand it completely, and uh, so they can. We're still going to do. We're online is a thing here from now on. It's going to be online. So those that are staying home, uh, you know, like my mother, she's over the age where they are asking them to stay home till at least June twelfth. As long as they don't extend that. And then, um, but if they do extend it, uh, well, she'll you know she's probably going to just say forget it, and she's going to start coming, but because she's done. <laughs> but uh, but she is being mindful of that right now. But she's in that category of 65 and older, so uh, some of those may not quite be ready to come back yet. Again, perfectly fine. They may wait till after that order is lifted. That's fine. Got some that they listed, you know, with medical medical conditions and they may choose to stay home for those first few services fine I'm glad to see you sister Tafara we prayed for you this morning and believe in the healing for your body and uh uh, you know but but you know but she does have a medical condition and she she has to be cautious we understand that and we're going to be cautious around her and uh, like brother Paul and brother Josh if they come we're going to be cautious around them and any others. So my, my will—he's diabetic. They said diabetics are high risk for things, so we're going to be cautious. And and so uh, I don't want anybody to think that we're just throwing caution to the wind. I hope that these last few months, uh, since March and April and now May, that you can that people have seen we have done what we can do to accommodate. But it's just too. Obvious, at least to me, what I see now that this thing is is going away, and it's time for the church to come back together. It's not gone. Don't go out and say, Pastor, it was gone. No, I know there's still there's places, there're hot spots, and there's places and where people are are losing their life, and people will most likely die today from this virus. I, I understand that, and I'm not uncaring about that, but it is definitely not to a point that it has to keep us inside anymore. Uh, so we're going to not, uh, we're going to get back to having church. And we're going to get back to serving our community. And, uh, you know, our, our our kids and our young people have really missed out because of, you know, camp season is closed here in Georgia. There's no, no uh, junior camp, no teen camp, no senior camp. So camp's out. Camp meeting may even be out. So we don't even, we don't know yet, but, they're still debating on that, so they've missed camps um, this year. Uh, we haven't, you know, we were supposed to have our vacation Bible school. We haven't been able to have that, and they've missed kids' power hour and things. So our kids, you know, of course they've done a great job online, and they, I think they had a kangaroo last week. They got the on their Zoom chat, so they, they've been very innovative and they've been very creative with the kids' ministry to keep them connected and informed, doing things, but. Uh, so we 're we're still we 're not bringing kids' services back right off the bat. uh your kids will be welcoming these services, but uh I feel like probably mid June end of June we'll probably come back to our kids' services we 're going to keep an eye on things and then get back to having kids services and when we do that, we will still make sure that they 're in an area where they 're safe. may not be in our little Sunday school rooms where we 're all packed in, might be out on the gym floor be utilizing that kid's sanctuary more so they can spread out a little bit, but we will get back to having, and if we have to just have a kid's service in here so they can spread out, we'll do that, but we're going to take care of our kids, so I want y'all to know, kids, we love y'all, and we we forgot about you. We're going to make sure y'all are taken care of, so uh, I hope you know that we've tried to do our best during all of this. It's, It's been weird because it's you know, we don't see each other and all all the time, and some of y'all haven't seen since, I guess, March. <laughs> so I'm glad to see you. But I do hope you know that we didn't just say, well, here's three months of we ain't got to do nothing but show up and preach online every once in a while. It's been on our mind every single day. What do we do? And uh, I hope that we have done well. We've tried our best. That's all I can say. We've tried our best, and now we're ready to get back to having church. So so I want to say thank you all uh, for being here. Again, you know, uh, Brother Mike, I'll probably get with you guys some of the security this week. We'll talk about some things before Sunday gets here. But uh, for the rest of our ministry team, next week, be prepared to be here and have church. Yeah. Yeah. Bring your family, bring your husband, bring your wife. Uh, uh, brother Nathan's got a new little addition to his family, a very pretty little girl. And so, bring you know, as long as y'all are f- comfortable with that, you know, people got little babies. Man, I want to, but that's up to you. But uh, I think she, I think she met everybody at the outdoor service anyway. Uh, so she's she's already been in touch with this group. But um, so let's get ready to have church, and that means we need to get back, make sure we're we're praying, getting ready Monday night prayer. Well. It is the holiday Monday, so I don't know how many people are going or doing whatever you're doing, and we normally don't have, when it's the holiday falls on that Monday, we normally don't have prayer, so uh, we will not have prayer tomorrow night, but so people that are cooking out and doing things and stuff, they won't feel pressured to try to rush and be here if they're doing things with their family, uh, but Wednesday night is back on for regeneration and adult class, so please be here for those things, and um and then it won't be very long. We'll be back to Wednesday night for the kids as well. But other than that, Monday night prayer, or are they doing ladies' prayer? Thursday. Thursday at 7, ladies' prayer will be here at the church. So ladies, uh, we're, we're just fixing to get back to having services. You know, we're going to get back to prayer and prayer meeting and, and getting services. We're going to look and see, probably a little farther on, uh, but uh, we're going to get a revival schedule with Brother Smith or somebody and get some, get some things going. We're going to get back to having church. And so uh you've got to trust the Lord you've you just got to trust him and i and uh, and I do, and I believe in him and it doesn't mean that you know that nothing's going on in this world, but I have just got to believe that God is taking care of his people, taking care of his church. I appreciate our church and I love our people, and I thank you for all you've done and being faithful to the online things and and uh, being faithful in your giving.